I am Katina Horton, the Love and Freedom Toxic Relationship Recovery Coach. And today's Bible teaching is entitled, How Narcissists and Other People with Toxic Traits Corrupt Bad Character Part 2. And last week I discussed part one and point number one was they cause you to fuse with them. And today we're discussing point number two is they devalue you. When people belittle and devalue you and every person, place, thing, and or idea that you value, you end up internalizing what was said without even realizing it. It's like a subconscious thing that goes on, right? And so what happens is when you got children involved, right? They don't have the capacity to understand everything that's going on around them in their environment, right? Whether that's at home, at school, at church, at a friend's house, right? At uh, extracurricular activities and et cetera. They don't have the capacity to understand everything that's going on around them, right? And so what happens is that with children, they're depending upon their parents for what? Emotional psychological, spiritual, physical, right? Safety, right? And then they're also dependent upon their parents for food, for clothes, shelter, uh, etc. They need to be developed in all of those areas, right? And so thus, when you grow up, when you're a child and you grow up with parents who are overly critical, right? And then that's the child's main point of contact with the parent, then what happens is you end up coming up with a problem, right? And so what happens is because the parent couldn't be the parent per se and have the ability to and the capacity to be able to do their job, then the child is the one that ends up suffering, right? And they start developing a trauma-based, it's a fear-based uh, trauma response in the form of perfectionism, people pleasing, and then having that helper slash fixer slash savior mode complex, right? And so children have to have a way to cope with their environment. And in order with them for them to be able to accept everything as being okay, they need to make sense of it, right? They got to get what they need from their parents. And then they got to be able to make sense of the world at the same time. And so instead of it being that it's the parent's problem, because the kids are trying to make sense of the world around them. They think, you know what? There's something wrong with me. I'm deficient. There's something wrong that I'm missing that's causing this person to behave towards me the way that they're behaving, right? And so what happens is they start to develop that conflict and this internal script that keeps playing like a, like a tape recorder that we had back in the day just keeps playing over and over again. I am the problem, right? And that's why they have a survey they call the ACES survey, and that stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences Survey, right? And so that survey has 10 questions. You answer yes or no, and you get one point for all of the yeses, right? And so that one of the questions on there is asking about that you have constant uh, put downs as a child constantly being insulted, constantly being belittled, right? And then it, what happens is that the higher your score is on this particular ACEs survey, then the more likelihood 
that your brain is going to be predisposed for issues, right? There's going to be changes in the brain. There's going to be changes in the gray matter, right? That's connected to the amygdala. There's going to be changes in your DNA, right? And your immune system. And it's going to place that child at higher risk as an adult for issues, right? That's not limited to, right? Cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, autoimmune diseases, etc. And when it comes to adults, even though we have uh, more of a capacity and better emotional uh, intelligence and emotional uh, uh, capability, right? At least some adults do. I won't say all. And self-awareness and skills, right? Then children, the thing about it is when you are constantly as any person, even if you're not a child, when you constantly put down, you're constantly criticized, constantly condemned and judged and shamed and blamed. And you are in that day in, day out with hardly any break. What happens? You also internalize that, right? And start developing limited beliefs based upon what it is that somebody has said to you, right? And so when you have this going on on a daily basis, that's going to cause damage to your brain as well. That's going to also start having your emotional issues to turn into what? Physical issues because the mind, the body, the soul, and spirit, they're all connected, right? And we might say things like, oh, I'm fine. You know, he said this, but I'm good, girl. But you're, right. you're not really good. I'm okay. You're not okay, right? Your environment is toxic, right? And it's making you sick, right? And so when we are marinating in that day in, day out, all day long, every day, it's just not good. Not good for a child, not good for a toddler, not good for a teenager, young adult, right? Older adult, not good for anybody. It's unhealthy. And we know when it comes to narcissistic relationships, right? The devaluation phase is the uh, second phase of the narcissistic abuse cycle. There's no avoiding that stage. If it's a regular narcissistic abuse cycle or if it's the cycle of the narcissistic abuse cycle of a transitionally supplied soul type toxic relationship. And we talked about this before. A transitionally supplied soul type toxic relationship is one in which the narcissist picks you out to help them go through a major life transition, right? And that could be what the loss of a spouse, the loss of a job, the loss of a child. It could be a career move, right? And it can even be something as sick as relieving himself as Amnon did with his half-sister Tamar in scripture. She was assaulted literally because of the fact he wanted to relieve himself. He walked around in this sickened state, this twi twisted, sickened, lustful state of being infatuated with her to the point of like, he just couldn't even control himself. He just didn't know what he was going to do, right? And so what his only solution was to listen to Jonadab, right? His cousin who gave him the brilliant idea would just go ahead and do what you got to do, so to speak, right? And so once you get into any type of narcissistic abuse cycle, it's hard to get out, right? Number one, it's hard to get out because of the trauma bond, right? You're constantly being taken from the penthouse to the basement. And then number two... You're also being bombarded with oxytocin and dopamine, right? On a continual basis, which does nothing but reinforce the trauma bond. And then what happens is you end up soul tied, right? And we know how the soul tie occurs, right? The next thing you know, you're in the bed and you got a soul tie, right? So both 
of those different things, the trauma bond and the soul ties, keeping you locked in and wanting to go back to something that you know was wrong, right? But your heart, right? As the song said, your body's here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town, right? You've got locked into a twisted situationship and you don't know how to get out, right? It's like a person who's addicted to drugs, but it's a narcissistic man, right? It's never going to be enough. You're never going to be able to get back to that first time, right? And so you may wonder, how does devaluation corrupt good character? Devaluation corrupts good character because unless we're able to sift out the voices or the person of the person or persons who have been doing the devaluing and belittling, right? And the criticizing, we don't even know that that inner critic is not even ours. We're listening to that inner critic, right? Because that's emotional abuse. So then that becomes, there's an inner critic going on. You're listening to the inner critic and don't even realize that inner critic is not you. That's the other people who have been saying, who have uh, been abusing you emotionally through the put downs and the belittling and the criticizing and the condemning on a continual basis, right? And so then instead of you being able to sift out, so to speak, right, what's yours and what's theirs, you start going, yeah, every time you apply for uh, think about starting your own ministry, apply for a job, start your own business. You start going in your head. Oh, yeah, I'm never going to be anything. I'm never going to be able to do anything with my life. Right. It either came from your parents or teachers, friends who were uh, feeling threatened and jealous of you. Right. Your co-workers. Right. Other sisters and brother in Christ. And next thing you know, you're repeating that. It's become one of your limited belief. Right. I'm not good enough. Right. And I'm never going to be good enough to do anything. Right. And so he told you that. When you were with your narcissist, he told you that over and over again in the uh, discard phase. You're never going to find another man like me. So after you get healed up and you're walking around holding this, oh, yeah, I ain't going to never find another man like him. You're repeating what he said and don't even realize, right? You've taken his wounds on as your wounds because people who criticize, who condemn, who judge, who shame and blame, all of that. They do that to you because they what? They're really doing it to themselves and they what they do to other people. What we say to other people is a mirror of how we feel about ourselves, right? It was evident in scripture that David's father, Jesse, was emotionally unavailable to him, right? He had a spirit of avoidance and then thus David had a, a spirit of avoidance. He was a very passive father. And so in scripture, it says um, Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. And then we go further down. And in the same chapter, we go further down. And in verse 11, it says, so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending the sheep. Samuel says, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Right. And it was also evident that David had been belittled and insulted both towards him and his calling by his brothers. Because his father sent him over to take some food and supplies to the men, right? The Philistines and uh, to the Israelites, right? Who were fighting the Philistines. So he sent David over with a package and David went over there, right? 
And then that's when he ended up being what? Put down and belittled by his brothers. And in scriptures, it says, David asked the men who were standing with him, what will be done for a man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So David's like, who is he that he think he all of that in a bag of chips? And he said, the people told him about the offer saying, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Now, when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard him speaking to the men, his anger burned against David. Why have you come down here, he asked. And with whom do you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and wickedness of heart. You've come down to see the battle. What have I done now, said David? Was it not just a question? Then he turned from him toward another and asked about the offer. And those people answered him just as the first ones had answered. So David was just asking a question, but obviously that question, right? It infuriated Eliab, right? Because he already knew David had been anointed. So what did he do? He had no other option he felt in his heart than to what? Criticize him, belittle him, to put him down, right? And then you could tell all of that led to what? David devaluing himself, right? We know that this lack of emotional availability from his father, this belittling from his brothers, uh, ended up making David have what this whole spirit of unworthiness because King Saul made an agreement with David to give him his daughter Merab. But instead of David having Saul to man up to this agreement and own up to it, he went on, right? And just what belittled himself, right? Listen to what was said. It says in scripture, then Saul said to David, here's my older daughter, Merab. I will give her to you in marriage. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. But Saul was thinking, I need not raise my hand against him. Let the hand of the Philistines be against him. And David said to Saul, who am I and what is my family or my father's clan in Israel that I should become the son-in-law of the king? So when it was time to give Saul's daughter Merab to David, she was given in marriage to Adriel of Meholah. Right. So all the put downs, all the belittling and avoiding attachment style led David to develop that spirit of unworthiness. Right. And by just by what he said, so I was like, OK, I'll give it to somebody else. Even though David had earned her right in wages instead of making Paul uh, Saul rather uh, pay up his what his spirit under, of unworthiness and his spirit of devaluing himself led him not to even get her. Right. And so when we walk around not appreciating our value or even understanding the value that we bring to the table, nobody else is going to do it either. You are enough. Reclaim your power, soul, and identity. And I want to challenge you to reclaim the power, soul, and identity of your calling. Grab your keys to the kingdom and get your inheritance. If there's any value in this message, please share it. Please hit the like button. Again, I am Katina Horton, the Love and Freedom Toxic Relationship Recovery Coach. Until next time, be blessed.
for me. 